Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Let's talk hydration. See, I carry something to drink with me every single place that I go because I am concerned about being dehydrated. It runs in the family. Everything from dry mouth, dizzy spells, fainting, it's pretty serious. And I've tried all the different types of waters and sports drinks. Let me tell you something right now. Liquid IV. That has been the most efficient at keeping me hydrated and doing so pretty quickly. Okay, Liquid IV has five essential vitamins and is two times faster at keeping you hydrated than water alone. And I'm serious, man. Everything from vitamin C to vitamins B3, B5, B6, B12... Liquid IV also is non-GMO, so it's free from gluten, dairy, soy. So for all you folks out there with food allergies, this may be right up your alley. And I know what you're thinking, but how does it taste, Duke? Well, it tastes pretty good. Okay, we're talking my favorite in pina colada. We also have tropical punch, strawberry, new flavors like sea berry and strawberry lemonade. Huh. You can enjoy this stuff, man, but don't take my word for it. I want you to stop what you're doing right now and head over to liquidiv.com. Use the promo code Duke Loves Wrestling so you get 20% off your entire order. I mean, anything that you order on liquidiv.com. So, what are you waiting for? It's time for you to shop better hydration today. Use the promo code Duke Loves Wrestling over at liquidiv.com. Save yourself 20%. Stay hydrated. Most importantly, enjoy life. That's right. You're locked in. Look at what we have here, folks. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Hello, this is Reed BBS, BBS, Black Burp Sugar, Bachelors in Boxing Studies. I'm also the Fred Sanford of the Fistic Arts, SME, subject matter expert on all things boxing. You're listening to my man, the one and only Brother Duke. Brothers and sisters, we had one of the greatest, if not the greatest, boxing spectacle in at least my lifetime this past weekend and it was something else there tyson fury versus francis and ganu and rather than me try to sit here and, and act as if i know what i'm talking about i got to go to an expert i got to go to somebody who knows combat sports inside and out he is the guy that i rely on to make sure that what i think makes sense actually makes sense so without further ado, welcome back to the Duke Loves Wrestling Podcast. Legitimately one of the great friends, brother that I love like he's family, Reed. What's going on there, Reed? Brother Duke, my man, it's been too long. How you doing? I'm telling you. I'm telling you, man. It's my fault. You know, it's my fault, Reed. I, I, uh, I've, been, I've been holding out, waiting for something big. And certainly this past weekend was as big as it gets. I mean, when, when Mike Tyson himself says, I've never been a part of anything like this before that's when you know it's big right absolutely and 
I heard the build up. I heard Tyson and I heard other prominent promoters who <clears throat> like Frank Warren, for instance, British promoter, been promoting since I was a child, which is saying a lot. But when he's like, oh, this is the biggest event I've ever been a part of, I'm thinking he's blowing smoke. Like, okay, whatever. You're a part of this event. You're selling it. Mike's saying it. But then you see all of the combat legends who showed up. I won't even start naming names because that could take an hour. And then you see them all photographed together. Uh, like I said in my video, the pomp and the circumstance. You got a ring literally uh, levitating from the bottom, like out of the ground. It was it was it was crazy. And this was all just me watching it from my phone. You know, I, I couldn't imagine even being there. And the bottom line is <clears throat> those Saudi Arabian pockets, uh, they're deep. <laughs> they're very deep, brother. They're very deep. Everybody has a price. And Saudi Arabia has everybody's price. They're about to become the new sports capital of the world, it seems. Like, wow. Well, 100%. And I mean, you know, people didn't take them serious enough when they started with the whole live golf stuff. Here we are today. And I, I, I want to say WWE really kick-started a lot of stuff for them. When WWE started regularly going over to Saudi Arabia and putting on these mega events, it absolutely attracted a different type of audience to start paying attention to what's possible over there. Because like you said, you're talking spectacle, pomp and circumstance, just over the top. This is what's possible. And that's sports entertainment. So now it's like, okay, well, whether it's boxing or MMA or what have you, it's like, yeah, we could really do this. And we can do this. I mean, if if pretend fighting can get that kind of money, which is over $50 million per event, that's what WWE gets paid by the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Right. That's crazy. That is crazy. If they can make that kind of money per event, and they do at least two a year, then there's no reason why these these fighters can't go over there and really cash out. So you're absolutely right. I mean, people making these these uh, declarations that it was such a big deal. And it, when, when, again, when Mike Tyson said it, I was like, whoa, you're you're one of the greatest fighters of all time. Right. You've had right. some of the greatest events of all time. How could this be bigger than anything you've ever done and you've ever seen? And then it's like, well, it is. <laughs> I had to see it when he, to your point, when Mike said that, I'm like, Mike's blowing smoke. He's on the payroll. He's saying this to help push the event. Man, I, and I, my mind immediately went to his rematch with Evander Holyfield, the sure. famous ear bite fight to everyone that uh, doesn't know what I'm speaking of. It's like, come on, Mike. That fight was way bigger than this is going to be. And, yeah, I, I think I may have to stand corrected. When you take everything, which we'll get into the fight, the way the fight played out, and all of the buildup, just all the legends that were there, whether they were paid to be there and flown in or not, or they flew in, flew in on their own dime or not, it happened. They were all there, and here we are still talking about it. Well, and the other thing is they didn't have to depend on live attendance or or – pay-per-view buys or anything like that the fighters are getting paid top dollar the the you know the tippity top dollar right from the beginning right right and that's and the way they and i'm not privy to the negotiations or even exact dollar amounts but it just seems to be less fuss when the saudis are involved so you know they're like look here's what we're going to pay you and it's a price they can't say no to wh whoever they're dealing with whereas in 
on the state in the states and even in uh, the UK, there's a little bit more haggling between both sides to get it done. You see next to none of that when the Saudis are involved. And as much as it will diminish uh, us having the product here in America, I like the the ease with which these fights get made as a as a combat sports fan. So I'm good with it. Long story short, I'm good with it. People will complain we need to have these fights in MSG or, hey, man, if it, if it can get done easy, let's go ahead and have it in Saudi. I may never attend one, but I'll watch all of them. I promise you that. You got that right. Definitely watch all of them. And I'll tell you, Engano made somewhere uh, uh, north of $20 million just for stepping in the ring. Right. Whatever would have happened. Right. 20 mil. Right. right. 20 mil just stepping in the ring. So and then he also got a percentage of the pay-per-view buys and he got uh, a couple of other bonuses for lasting, uh, making it through the end there. So it's it's you know, that's that's absolutely the biggest payday he's ever had. In fact, I think if you combine all of his paydays in his career, this completely dwarfs it. Oh, yeah. He said that before the fight. He said this blows away all of my UFC money. People thought he was just saying that because, of course, him and Dana White are kind of at odds over him leaving. But just as an aside to all that you mentioned, he got uh, from the Saudis. They even gave Ronaldo, the soccer star, like a hundred and fifty thousand dollar watch to give to Francis as a gift. Like on top of all that. Oh, here's this hundred and fifty thousand dollar watch for you, too, bro. There you go. And, and not to be outdone, Tyson Fury got some kind of fancy car. Right, 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 <laughs> you know, right. You know, like we're a car that's you, worth more than our house. So we're already paying you absurd <laughs> amounts of money, but yeah, take these party gifts. That was like a gift bag. This the car was like a gift bag to incredible. the Saudi guy. Like wow, incredible, <laughs> incredible stuff there. And and I'll tell you, I mean the the music concert itself, you could see what was possible going forward so this was the test basically and there were some sound issues and things like that there's no question about that um but to see what's possible from a concert standpoint right opening ceremonies for a boxing event opening ceremonies like this is the olympics it was it's the olympics exactly right like wow so so think about somebody like a like a, a beyonce a taylor swift what could they do on that stage uh, they could do like a week long stay there with shows every night. They could, it would end up being probably close to or exceeding a billion dollar show. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that's possible over there. That's possible. Yeah. Well said. Well said. So, so we're talking about the spectacle, right? Which is important because here we have pound for pounds. If he's not the, the, the number one boxer in the world today in Tyson Fury, he's definitely what top three you say? In in terms of rank? uh, he's well, oh, pound for pound, he's for sure top ten. But he's well, there's no question in his division, heavyweight. It's all about Tyson Fury. It's all about Tyson Fury. He's the draw. Yes. He's the guy, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. And then you have Nganu, who had never boxed professionally before. This was the first time he ever boxed professionally. Correct. So on paper, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, this is this was going to be ridiculous. Uh, no, regardless of the fact that Ngannou is just you know solid muscle, he's a big dude in terms of height. He definitely has some knockout capability, which we've seen in the UFC throughout his career. But you're not going to go in there against the best heavyweight in the world and think you're going to hang. That was the story, 
And, you know, when you when you take a look at the betting lines, certainly the folks who were gambling, they they agreed that this was just going to be a wash. Right. Absolutely. Now, just some backstory. No, Nganu has never had a um, professional fight or an amateur boxing match. He's not completely unfamiliar with boxing. Uh, first decided to pursue combat sports. The first one he attempted was boxing. He just never got to the point where he did anything other than sparring. Even with the minuscule amount of boxing that Francis had, it's still no one saw no one saw this coming. Uh, saw this coming. Sure, he's tough, Francis. He had a puncher's chance because of the power. He, he can punch. Brother can punch. Period. He can punch. But him winning the fight, him making the fight competitive? No, that, that wasn't. Uh, or him dropping Fury? No one saw that coming. And then arguably winning it to some? Yeah, that's. I'm still blown away. From the moment he dropped Fury in round three with that counter left hook, um, I still haven't picked my jaw up off the floor yet. Like, I'm still amazed at what I saw. I really am. Well, we we knew he had a, a puncher's chance. I mean, let's, you know, he, he's a big dude. He definitely has knockout power, which he's proven in the UFC. So if he could land a shot, then, of course, he has a chance to, to knock uh, Tyson Fury out. But that's the whole point. You got to land the shot. And it was twofold. It was twofold. A, I thought, because some people, one of Fury's many monikers is heavyweight Floyd, based on how fluid and agile he is. He, he's very good defensive radar. He, if he doesn't want to be hit by you, you're not going to hit him, or, or so we thought. So there was that factor. The other factor that I uh, considered, sure, and Francis can punch. We, see, we saw him almost take... Uh, Overing's head off with a brutal uppercut, but they wear four ounce fingerless gloves in mixed martial arts. Whereas in boxing, the cutoff line is the welterweight division, which is 147 pounds. If you're fighting anywhere over 147, you're wearing 10 ounce gloves, 47 and below, they wear eights. So, Fury in boxers, heavyweight boxing, they wear 10 ounce gloves. I had questioned if. The fact that Francis was going from a four-ounce fingerless to a 10-ounce boxing glove, I wondered if that would dilute some of his power. And then, of course, like I stated initially, the whole hell, hell can you hit theory. Well, the power certainly carried over, and that was when my jaw dropped. I was like, wow. Because if you really examine that left hook, Duke, he swung the left hook, and it actually grazed Fury's shoulder first. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so. Mm -hmm. Okay, he's wearing bigger gloves than he's ever worn. His punch grazes the man's shoulder first, clips him on the top of the head, and he was still, he, I mean, you saw Fury blowing like he had a, oh, my God, he had a Lord Jesus, it's a fire look on his face when he was laying on his back. So he was hurt, and he luckily got caught at the end of the third round. You know, it could have. We could be sitting here with a whole different narrative had that happened in the middle of the round or, God forbid, early in that round. But, yeah, the power uh, carried over, and I was – I hate to keep saying the same phrase, but I was blown away, brother. Jaw agape. I'm, I'm very concerned about the showing for both fighters for, for two reasons. Number one, um, Ngannou had no movement whatsoever. He, he was just a solid block of mass – that was just walking forward. Uh, zero head movement. 
you know what I mean? It, it, it didn't make any sense. He, he shouldn't have been a tough opponent to, to beat up on for that reason alone. He just he wasn't nimble. And I don't know if it's because of his his legs or, or whatever he doesn't. And, and even in the UFC, he didn't have to be uh, a guy that moved a lot because he was just going to finish you off anyway. You know what I mean? So he didn't have to have the sweet science of, of footwork and all that good stuff there. But in a boxing match, a man that's standing that solid, you should be able to tag his ass up pretty well. And yet Fury wasn't able to, at any point that I saw, hurt Nganu. I mean, what's your take on just that part of it too, Reed? He was, uh, it's going to sound, uh, it's going to sound like I'm, diminishing Ngannou when I say this, but he was so basic that I think it threw Fury off. But I can explain what I mean by that. You're correct. He wasn't moving. There was no head movement at all. And part of Fury's game, Fury by nature is a counterpuncher. He would prefer that you throw at him first. Well, when Francis wasn't doing that, or when opponents of Fury don't do that, Fury will start fainting a lot. He'll, you know, fake fake movements at you. But even then, he's faking like he's about to hit you to get you to defend yourself and hopefully swing at him first. Even then, he was fainting at Francis, nothing. Francis waited until Fury actually punched, and he punched when Fury punched, an exchange of punches. It, It sounds very basic, but it takes a brave man to say, nope, every time you swing at me, I'm swinging at you because what you're doing is you're betting, you're relying fully on your ability to take his shot. You're saying, I'm willing to stand here. Every time you fully throw, you fully commit to a punch, that's when I'm going to punch. And I'm betting you're going to like the taste of my punch a whole lot less or a whole lot less than I would like the taste of yours. And and Fury uh, played that game with Francis. And as we saw, he lost that particular aspect of the fight. We can get into the scoring in a bit. But in terms of exchanges, there was no contest. Stevie Wonder could see that. Francis won the punching exchanges. His blows had way more of an effect. The blows that Fury did land had no effect. But, you know, there's more to scoring a boxing match than that. But, yeah, the basic nature of how Francis approached Fury, it threw him off. And I didn't even get into when they got into clinches. That's oh. when Francis shined because Fury's used to being able to ragdoll and manhandle guys like he did Wilder, especially in the inside. I can lean on you. I can get off these clubbing inside shots. Well, Francis won all of those battles. So Fury was completely taken, taken aback. And, yeah, it was like he was in the middle of the ocean surrounded by sharks with no boat or life preserver in sight. What do you do? And yeah, that, that's that's what we saw, brother. That's what we saw. So so get into the scoring. We, 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 break this down for me because the scoring definitely didn't reflect what the average eye saw in the match. Right. So here's the thing. There's no carryover. We all remember round three. when Everyone remembers when Fury got dropped. But it was a 10-round fight. That's the whole point of it. And you're not scoring on, well, who landed the hardest blow in the entire fight? Who was that guy? Well, if that was how boxing was scored, obviously the answer would be Ngannou. Oh, okay, well, who got dropped? Well, he didn't even get knocked down. He knocked this guy down. He had to have won, right? Well, no, actually he knocked him down in the third round, which because he got knocked down was then scored 10 points for Francis, 
eight points for Fury. Whereas if there's no knockdown, the winner gets 10 points on the 10-point must system. Loser typically will get nine unless you get dropped or just get your ass completely kicked where it can get 10-7 or worse. But so, yeah, you got dropped in the third. That's the 10-8 round. Here's where people get lost. There's always something to be scored in boxing. Clean, effective punching. Uh, defense is a scoring trait. Ring generalship. I mean, these are all these are all factors. So, in the absence of action, there's low, there's lows in a boxing match, particularly with heavyweights. It's just going to happen. These are big men. If there's nothing but jabs landed in an entire round, you have to score that round for the person that was landing the jabs. And no, none of Fury's jabs were the least bit effective. Didn't hurt Francis. I think his lip might have bottom lip might have been bleeding late in the fight, but that's because he got jabbed a lot. He was never hurt, not insinuating that. But he was still getting hit. He was still getting touched. So, sure. How do you weigh oh the power the power punch left hand that Francis landed versus six jabs or what have you that Fury landed? And you saw the punch stats that I uh, posted on your friend's post on uh, social media. I had to show the punch stats to people. Fury actually landed more punches. Noah's punches weren't more effective. They weren't. But he outlanded, he outlanded Francis. That was the base level uh, method of scoring for the fight. It wasn't pretty. wasn't exciting. wasn't sexy. And, yes, you can still pretty much say he got his ass kicked. But he won the boxing match. He won the boxing match. He just did. If if Engano would have been scored the winner of that match, that that would have been disastrous for the entire boxing world, right? When I saw Rampage Jackson and Dan Henderson fight, that's when I became a mixed martial arts UFC fan. So I'm not a casual, not a casual mixed martial arts fan by any stretch. And I challenge any of your MMA listeners to question, you know, my, my credentials in that way. I know MMA also. But with that, I'm able to stay in between. My boxing friends hate MMA. My MMA friends hate boxing. And then here I am, the guy in the middle. I never get caught up in that. So when Holly Holm beat Ronda Rousey in the cage, I didn't remind people, you know, Holly actually was a boxer first, right? Or when uh, Ray Mercer beat Tim Sylvia, you know, Ray Mercer was a boxer, right? Or when, uh, so when Anderson Silva, who did he beat? He beat Chavez, the son. He beat Chavez Jr. in a boxing match. I didn't say, well, you know, Anderson Silva actually had three boxing matches in Brazil, right? You didn't know that. I don't play that game because the sports are different. Like, but everyone wants to make it, oh, MMA beat boxing or boxing beat MMA. And in this case, you would have to clearly say in, in that particular uh, vain, yeah, MMA won. With Francis doing what he did, it makes it seem like it won. But I hate to say, oh, this is bad for this sport or that sport because there's always going to be always going to be people that want to see combat play out, whether it be boxing, whether it be uh, mixed martial arts. I wish we could let the two sports coexist. It's like baseball and softball to me. They're similar, but they're different, and I enjoy them both for what they are. I do. Well, well, here's what I mean by that. It, there's clearly a plan for Fury's next fight. It, it, it was almost, I mean, they didn't put ink to paper, but it, it seemed like they agreed in principle 
he's supposed to have a, a unification fight in December, right? It was announced before the Francis fight. Yeah. Supposed to fight Alexander Usyk. So Fury's the lineal champion, but uh, in actuality, he only has the WBC heavyweight title. Alexander Usyk, who was also undisputed champion at cruiserweight and a gold medalist in 2012, uh, he has the WBA, WBO, and IBF heavyweight titles, which he won from Anthony Joshua. So, yeah. The plan initially, they were supposed to have fought early this year, early 2023. And uh, Fury made him a bogus offer, 70 30 split. Here's 70 30. Well, Usyk called his bluff, said, Yeah, I'll take it. But if I win, then you take 70 30. You take the 30, I'll take the 70 for our rematch. So then Fury tabled the offer. Then Francis pops up. So Fury's thinking, hey, Let me get this little easy lick over here against this MMA guy, then I'll revisit you, Usyk. That's, that was Fury's plan. And then he had the audacity to announce the Usyk fight as he's preparing for Francis. So it all blew up in his face. His plan was to fight Usyk on December 23rd. But you saw how his eye looked after the fight. You saw the punches he took. Fury is really, it wouldn't be good for him. Medically, he could probably do it. I, you know, it's just eye damage. His eye isn't no orbital damage. It's bruised. He had a nick on his forehead from uh, infighting with Francis, but it, the bleeding was stopped very quickly. Physically, he could fight again December 23rd, but with his psyche and just with all the fallout, they're going to have to table that. But beyond all that, Duke, now, and I'm talking even boxing people, no one gives a shit about who's going to fight for the undisputed title anymore. We want to know what Francis is going to do next. Are one of you guys going to fight Francis? Fury, do you want to rematch with him? Hey, Usyk, uh, you're a smaller guy. Do you want to dare fight this guy and risk all your titles? And the clincher, what we really, really want to see boxing people is Francis versus Deontay Wilder. Because we already knew, we already knew Francis was the hardest puncher in MMA. And we've already known uh, Wilder's the hardest puncher in boxing, or so we thought. So now they've both dropped Fury. When Wilder fought Fury, he got his ass kicked, but he also dropped Fury in the process a few times. We saw what Francis did. The fight in boxing that we want to see right now, and they're negotiating, doesn't mean they're going to make it, but they're in talks right now as we speak. It's Francis Ngannou versus Deontay Wilder. And, and there's no title on the line other than Best puncher, hardest puncher in combat sports. That's the one I want to see and what boxing wants to see. Which is which is bigger than any title. You know what I mean? Right, Literally, right. Who's who's the biggest badass in the room? Um, which which is can carry its own weight. And this is what I mean. I, I think this is this diminishes the sport to a certain degree because you have a guy who walks in off the street. Yes, he's an MMA fighter, but he's not a boxer. He's not a boxer. He walks in off the street takes on the, the the number one guy and is able to beat him in a lot of people's eyes. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a problem. That's a complete Absolutely. problem that, that completely makes the whole division look ridiculous, at least on Fury's side, because it's like, well, damn, you know what I mean? If the MMA guy can just walk in here and, and do that to you, then maybe you're well, not as, as good as I thought you were. As I've just acknowledged, and I'll say it in plain English, Francis Ngannou stepped into boxing 
and he's rendered the undisputed heavyweight championship of the world. He's rendered it useless. Absolutely. If he's Absolutely. not fighting for it, the only way it, it now has any merit is if and when Francis gets the opportunity to fight for it. And I don't. And I told you I don't think he won the fight either. But he definitely, in that regard, won the war. He yep. won the war. Yep. Absolutely. Well said. And and you know, for Francis, if you're listening, you do not take a dime less than anybody at this point. You're the draw. Oh right, 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 <laughs> right. Absolutely. No, I agree. I agree. He doesn't take yep. less. At worst, he takes parity, 50-50, that minimum 50-50. Yep. yep. Minimum. Because yep. because people are gonna people are gonna tune in to see him fight a tomato can at this point. Yep. He could fight, he could fight uh Reed or Duke, or he could fight yep. both of us and, and, and draw. And draw. You know, it's it's too bad those those Paul boys aren't big enough because that would be the next spectacle to do, too. Well, Logan's uh the other one, Jake's the one that is the real, a pretty good boxer, you know, for the guys he's fighting. Logan's he, bigger though. Logan's, but Logan, I don't think, I don't think Logan's that crazy. Listen, I hope he's not that crazy. That would, that would be the fight that would draw more than any fight ever, right? We know that because the promotion would just be on on another level. But like you said, he's not crazy enough to take that fight because good luck. You know, he would for real gonna, wind up in. A, if Francis landed one flush punch on yeah, him, on yeah. on Logan Paul, he would for real wind up in the hospital. Yeah, he, he'd finish him off. Vince McMahon wouldn't allow that. We we can't do that. You know, that's look, right. He isn't. He is in WWE now, right? He's a pretty athletic guy too, huh? Not only is he in WWE, he he proclaims it. He owns it, right? He 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 puts it on his back that he's a WWE superstar. He's proud of it. Okay, I'm not so, mad at that. Yeah, that's that's a, it's an interesting uh, world out there. You know, Reed WWE and, and UFC they've combined under the um, TKO banner. That's the name of the company that is the umbrella for them. And there, it's all owned by Endeavor Sports now. Vince McMahon sold, and and you know UFC was sold. So do they do the uh, do they do the slapping, the bitch slapping too. That, you know, that's that, a that very league? good question. Dana White owns that company, but I'm not so sure that that's actually <laughs> also owned by Endeavor. I think that's its own separate. Okay. You know, okay. But how ridiculous was it that Dana White had had the nerve to say that slap fight was getting. You know, as, as good a ratings as anything on TV. Are you kidding me, bro? Stop it. Just my stop only it. look, any way you can make a dollar, do it. My my issue is with the participants. <laughs> I wouldn't give a damn if I knew I could out bitch slap any man in the world. I don't want to get slapped myself. Like that's yes. no. Yes. Who I don't that I could I you couldn't pay me enough to sign up for that. I'm, I'm oh. it's not even about the pain, it's just you know you're gonna get someone's gonna slap the shit out of you on on for everyone to see, and you're signing up for this. <laughs> you you're just going straight to the concussion. I mean, that's just the point. Just going and they wind, and these are all big dudes with big old meaty oh. hands and stuff. Shotgun blast when you hear some of them slap. Yeah, I'm like damn. I don't even want to shake your hand. Never mind having you slapping me with it. Like, <laughs> oh my god, I don't I don't know. I hate to. Uh, divert your your podcast but man oh hey look that's that's a whole other world right there slap fight yes. you, you know yes. it's funny too because it's, since you bring that up ken shamrock just put on another event for his valor bare knuckle company um in fact this past friday so it was a day before the nganu fury fight and unfortunately not much buzz man not much buzz. It, it, there just doesn't seem to be as much of a, a, an audience for bare knuckle boxing. Why do you think that is? Um, 
from what I've seen, it's pretty uh pretty barbaric. Pretty bar. I'm talking. You see teeth getting knocked out, literally. Guys bleeding all over the place. It's uh, I've watched it. I haven't watched it since uh, Pauli Malignaggi, former boxing champion. He fought one of Conor McGregor's training partners, uh, Artem, Artem uh, Lobov, I believe was his name. It's the last one I watched. I don't know. It 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 seems it kind of reminds me of early days UFC. It seems a bit unregulated. And like all of the uh, states they have these fights in, like West Virginia, it's because they can't have them in like Vegas or Texas or New York because New York won't allow you to fight bare knuckle because of the residual damage. Now, they're not even talking about damage that night in the fight. They're, they're afraid of damage years down the line, you know, your quality of life after the fact. Reed, you, you continue to just knock it out of the park with your uh... – pugilism knowledge your combat sports knowledge we appreciate you for it what's the best way folks can keep up with you because your content man anytime listeners of the show migrate over they always say man reed is so entertaining man this is great and it's like yeah dude but dude knows what he's talking about and that's the best part what's the best way folks can catch up with you man i appreciate the love duke uh you can find me on youtube read bbs read bbs television television Or you can find me on Facebook. My name is Sean, S-E-A-N, last name Reed, Sean Reed. Hit me on either. Uh, I don't have my, I have Twitter and IG, but I can't remember the accounts right now. But if you hit me up, find me on YouTube or uh, hit me up on Facebook. I'll be sure to respond to all comments. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're desperately out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.